of the greatest display of God's power was the resurrection. It's something that surpassed all of the things that you see in the Bible that you read about the creation. I know when people like think, think about the things that God has done. He created the world. He created the sun, the moon, the galaxies, the things that we thought, you know, were just the solar system in itself. We were taught, you know, okay, don't pick on me, young guys, but like I'm just saying. And when we were in class, Pluto was it. That was it. It was the end of the line, baby. You know what I'm saying? Train stops here, goes back to the earth. You know what I mean? That was it. Pluto was all. Now they found out that there are galaxies beyond galaxies. The things that God has created has gone so far and it's so vast that humans, we think we know something until we find out, oh, wait a minute, there's more beyond what we actually thought. Even in the midst of all that and the creation, the Bible declares that the greatest power God ever displayed was in the resurrection. Greatest power ever displayed. Paul, he kind of leads us in in Ephesians when he's talking to the church at Ephesus. He says this, I pray that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you might know the hope of the calling that's found in Christ Jesus. I pray that your eyes would be enlightened. Not talking about physical eyes, spiritual eyes. That you might know the hope that's found in Christ Jesus. That you might be able to comprehend with all saints. Different prayers he prayed throughout Ephesians church. That you might be able to comprehend all saints, the depth, the length, the breadth, the height, with <clears throat> the love of Christ. Though it's too far to be able to understand completely, I'm praying that you might get a grasp of this. He was talking about opening your eyes, just like the guys walking down the road to Emmaus, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. So Paul goes on to pray this, and he picks it up in verse 19. He says, I also want you to understand this, that you might know what is the surpassing greatness of his power. That means he's got power, but this surpasses the greatness of his power towards us who believes. These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might. What is the working of the strength of his might? which he worked or which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and then he seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Then he goes on to declare this even again. Far above all rule and authority, principality, power, might, and dominion, everything is named not only in this world but that which is to come. And then he says this, he gave him not only the might, the power, reestablished him as the king of all kings and the lord of all lords, but he says now I'm going to also give that same thing to my church. And so we like to think this and we talk about, because we are in a Christian culture. I don't know if you know this or not, but you live in a Christian culture. Are you aware of that? Like just because a fish sticker's on the back of the car doesn't make them a Christian. It might have been just a used car. Could explain a lot, right? We live in a Christian culture. We use words like, oh man, thank God, as just a statement. It doesn't mean they really are thanking God a lot of times. It's just they thank God. I'm telling you. Half the athletes you see on TV, if this is going up, meaning thank you, God, then why does all the other stuff take place that we see too? I'm not judging. I'm just saying. Just because we're doing it doesn't mean it's actually Christianity. It could be just cultural expression. And so in our culture, this is so true in Christians, in Christianity in general. Think about it for a moment. We understand the resurrection, but it's a lot of times because it's cultural. Jesus was raised from the dead. We go to church. It's Easter, baby. Jesus is alive. It's on, I mean, they don't put on all the Easter eggs, but on some stuff. Like, you know, they got Christian eggs too. You know what I'm saying? Like little river verses on it and stuff like that. You can find it. It's out there. Jesus is alive. All the Christian TV stations, man, they're blowing it up today. Even the non-Christian Jesus movies are on all the time. I mean, Netflix trending right now is the son of God. I mean, I just played you a clip from it. Right now, it's trending all across America, the world. Is Son of God, because it's, it's Easter. 
The interesting thing about Easter, I think, though, that most of us forget about the power that is available through the resurrection because we only focus on one thing. That is this, that he was resurrected, and we're excited about that, but that's not the end of the story. I liken it to a conversation that took place with Mary and Martha, really focusing in on Martha. But you remember these ladies in the Bible, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, right? They were all family. Jesus loved these guys. He loved them. Lazarus is the guy he resurrected from the dead. And so Jesus is going to resurrect Lazarus from the dead. He gets word that he's sick. I mean, he actually tells his disciples he's dead. And they think, well, he'll be all right. He'll be all right. No, you understand he's dead. We're going to go raise him up. And so he's on his way, and word gets to Martha. Now, you remember Martha? I mean, y'all remember, there's like Mary Christians and there's Martha Christians. It's, it's gender neutral right here for a moment, okay? But Mary, I love you guys. I love all you little Mary Christians out there. I swear, y'all worship Jesus if a hurricane comes through. It don't matter. You'll just sit in your house and love Jesus and everything's just, oh, it's just at the feet of Jesus. I thank God for you. I love you. You're so awesome. But I'm not made up that way. I hate to tell you, but I do have that Martha mentality. Like, I got to be doing something, baby. Like, I'm ready to do something. If a hurricane's coming, I'm going to love Jesus, but I'm probably going to find a bunker. Like, I just, that's just me. I just, but I can relate. I think more people are probably Martha Christians. You don't have to raise your hand, but I know it's true, man. That's why you're laughing right now, because all the married Christians are like, well, I don't know why y'all just can't be like us. Like, we, and I wish I was. But because Jesus says, man, she chose the better part. Oh, Martha, Martha, Martha. That's so why I feel like Jesus says to me sometimes, Jody, Jody, Jody. Oh, son, if we could just help you. You know, me, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. We're all trying so hard, like, son. But you know what? I think about Martha, and she runs out to meet Jesus halfway. Jesus is walking up to, to see Lazarus, and he walks up there. Martha meets him out halfway. John eleven twenty one says this. Martha said to Jesus, first conversation, oh, Jesus, how you doing? You know, Lazarus is dead. You know, First thing she says is, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And I don't know if she said it with a little head. If you had only been here, I don't know if it was that way or not, but I kind of, either way, the first thing she says is, if you had been here, my brother would have not died. But even now, it sounds spiritual. I know that God will give you whatever I ask. Because you got to back it up with something that sounds real spiritual, you know. Verse 23, Jesus says to her, your brother will rise again. Because Martha, like so many of us do, come on now, we're busy about listening to all the podcasts. We've watched Christian TV. we got all the books and tapes and everything else that's out there. So, so we, we've studied so much that we can respond very well. I know, I know, I know. I heard that last week on a podcast. He'll rise when everybody else rises at the last day. Jesus totally threw her and said, I am the resurrection and the life. Like, you're talking about last days. I'm talking about today. And isn't it true that's how we think about so many times as Christians? You don't have to admit it. I already know this because I talk to people all the time about spiritual things. And so the idea is this. Well, you know, we sing songs about it sometimes. We don't necessarily sing this one. It's kind of older. But like, you know, some glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away. It sounds super spiritual, don't it? But when you get there, why are we even singing about it? When you get there, everything's going to be great. It sounds like right here through this life, it's just like, you know, I'm just going to hope to God I make it. You know, when I get there, it'll all be better. and Thank God we'll be there. And yeah, and it's exciting. That's true. I'm not putting it down. I'm just saying that Jesus did not just die for there. So that one day you get to heaven and go, oh, I made it. <laughs> Woo! It was rough, but I made it. 
You know? Like, I, I mean, I didn't know I had my doubts, but I'm here. Well, okay, since you're doubting, go see Thomas. He'll help you with some of that stuff. We'll work through some things. He died not just for there. That's why Jesus said, listen, statements like this, it is the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Watch this. Jesus says, but I've come that you might have life, and he just left it there. No, that you might have life and life more abundantly. That's talking about right now. And so we have this cultural thought, though, that says, we know we're going there, but here we're just going to suffer through. And Jesus said to her, I'm the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. I love this. He threw in a little Georgia slang. Will never, ever die to make his point. You know, it wasn't just like he'll never die. He'll never, ever die. Because, like, in Georgia, we understand that. You just got to add a few and never, ever, ever. Like, I'll never, ever do that again. Why do we say that? Because in, we have to explain. We got to give a little more oomph to it. And Jesus said, if you believe in me, you're never, ever going to die. Then he says, do you believe this, Martha? And then Martha said, yes, Lord, she said. I have always believed that you're the Messiah, the Son of God. He did not ask her, was he the Messiah? He said, do you understand I'm the resurrection and the life? And after this, you read on. She actually leaves Jesus where he is, goes back to the house, starts baking cookies again, tells Mary, um, you need to go talk to him. He's out there. He wants to talk to you. That's kind of the attitude. Like, and so many of us have this attitude. It's like, yeah, I know you're the resurrection life, but I got stuff to do, man. I'm busy. Like, I got a lot. Don't you understand? How many emails I got to answer? My kids got to have it closed. Don't you understand this? We got to go. That's the way, you know, we work. And oftentimes, is what we also say. Lord, if you had only been here, then I might have gotten the promotion that I applied for. Now, we won't say this publicly, but I'll just say it because I know this is what, I know this is how we think. God, if you had only been here, I would have made that team. Like, I prayed. Why didn't you answer? You know, God, if you had only been here, maybe, just maybe, I could have got that deal to go through. God, if you'd have been here, we don't say just like, well, if you'd just been here, but like if you had been working on my behalf, maybe my kids would still talk to me. Right now, I can't give them an answer to the phone. My kids don't want to talk to me. And we don't want to publicly say this, but we think it sometimes because in a culture that we're in, we're focused more on the afterlife than we are this life. The afterlife, let me just tell you right now, they are having the afterlife party in heaven. They're not thinking about you. I hate to tell you this, but when you think about heaven and all the great things that are there, when you get there, I promise you, you're going to forget about all this. They're having the biggest party right now you can imagine in your life. The Bible says every time somebody gets saved, angels throw another party. Somebody's saved. Woo! It's another reason to have a party. Yeah, baby! Let's do it! Make another round around the throne. I mean, they're just excited. They're happy. We're the ones that need the help. And so, if you'd only been here, maybe my marriage would be better. Or it would have gotten fixed. But because you didn't come through, it didn't. Now, we don't say this, but this is the reality when we don't understand the power of the resurrection. 
God never said that you weren't going to go through difficulties. He just said, basically, listen, I'll be with you through whatever you go through. That's what he said. Interesting thing about this, if you ever watch the guys, and I'm not picking on sports guys and stuff like that, but, I mean, look, I just, I just saw one of the greatest things last weekend when Tiger Baby came back and was just like, I love it. Because, brother, it's 40-something years old. I love that. But you hear what, do y'all hear what I'm saying, young guns? 40-something. Put it on. 20-year-old, nothing, man. I, thought, I love that. I thought it was so good. I was going, Yes. But, I, I mean, when you ever think about this, in this scenario, a guy, because this is kind of baseball season, whatever, but think about the guy that's getting ready to hit a home run. He's up there getting ready to bat. He's got the bat of all bats. He's got the best bat. He's got the best, you know, athletic gear, whatever. He's even got his eyes marked up, you know what I'm saying, with his favorite scripture. He's a believer. He's got a scripture right here. He's so taken, so strong. He's even tattooed it right here. You know what? He's strong. I'm real deal, baby. I ain't playing. I'm a Christian. But he's so strong. And he's getting up there to hit. He's the, and everybody knows he's a Christian. He's not a fake guy. He, they know he's a believer. He exemplifies it. He, he leads Bible studies. He prays for the team. He's a real dude. He's not, he's not for fake. He's for real. He's getting up there to hit, and he's praying for, I'm going for the home run record for my school. And so everyone knows what he's praying for. He's been praying, and he's really close. He's getting up there. He's at the plate. He's ready, baby. I mean, he's got a stance. I don't even know how they, maybe it's more like this. I don't know. I play golf, so I don't, you know, I'm not sure. But anyway, he's up there with his stance, right? And the pitcher's watching. The pitcher's getting ready to throw the pitch. Oh, boy's ready. I mean, he's, he's fired up. I mean, you can just tell. He's just, you know what I'm saying? You watch some of these guys. He's up there. He knows the pitcher's not that great anyway. He knows, man, I got this. I'm about to smack this ball out of here. Pitcher gets ready. He winds up. Strike one. Oh, everybody was nervous, not him. He let that go just to see what he's going to do. He's so confident, you know. Not cocky. He's just confident. Next pitch, strike two. I mean, everybody's nervous. Not the guy hitting. He's like totally eye of the tiger. He's ready. Pitch three. Pow! And he just, he just looks at it. You know how they do when it, it's like, you know, it was just fall through. Drops the bat. Doesn't even run. Just jogs it. Because he knows it's going out. Ball's going out. It's heading, it's heading, but here goes that guy in the outfield. He's, he's running to it. He's getting ready to catch. It's so close. He gets to the wall, and he jumps up. Ball hits the tip of his glove, but it goes over into the stands. Some crazy fan gets it. They're like, I got my ball. You know, falls over his seat, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Guy hitting home runs is excited. Pitcher's not happy, nor is the guy in the outfield. Let me throw this scenario out to you. Not only was the guy at the bat a Christian, the pitcher was a Christian too. So was a guy in the outfield. Now, which one does God answer? I mean, the outfielder, he, got, he, got, he had some Bible verses. He's got some tattooed too. He's got the same thing. Different verse. He's serious too. He led Bible studies too. He's got the whole, they don't look any different. They're exactly the same. Well, maybe he prayed. Which one does God answer? You see how confusing we make life sometimes? Well, I guess God didn't come through for us. We didn't win the game. God ain't, let me just throw it out. God's not answering athletic prayers. You know what I'm saying? I'm just hate to tell you, he's not. Oh, God, help us win, help us win. No, how about you get in the gym more, and then we'll see how you do. It's not, God's not up there going like, well, I mean, the, the batter's a Christian, the pitcher's a Christian. Now, who do we pick? Well, I, he's going for the home run record. I mean, that sounds better than this guy's. He's not going for anything. Let's just give it to him. It's like Christians talk about the lottery. I'm not picking, but... 
Like, God, help me win the lottery. Oh, Lord, help me win the lottery. Like, as if he's really doing that. You think his number dial is going? He was like, oh, they prayed for it. Stop it right there. Do you know how many Christians pray that God would give me the lottery? Oh, they're everywhere. Every time the Powerball, the Mega Man, whatever the thing hits the millions on the signs, man, people are like, oh, Lord Jesus, if you'll just help me win this lottery, I will build your church, Lord. Everything you need, whatever you need, Jesus. I ain't met one of those people yet. I've never seen him come to the church and say, hey, pastor, I hit it, baby. I mean, I, I hit it big. We're not only going to pay for the church. What else do you want to do, baby? We'll, we'll expand the kingdom. I've never heard anyone do that. Not one. Now, if God does it for you, come see me, all right? We'll, we'll talk. You'll be, the, you'll be the exception. I'll give you platform time. We'll talk. We'll, have, we'll work it all out, you know? But who does he answer? But the culture says, this is what we do. Oh, if you'll help me win, Lord, then this. God, if you'll help. And then when it doesn't happen, we're defeated, and we walk around going like, oh, man. God didn't come through for me. And we're upset because, but the reality is Jesus didn't die for you to win the lottery. He didn't die for you to win a baseball game. It's great if you do and give God praise if you do. Fantastic. He died to give you life. And depending on your circumstances, whether they be good or bad, does not make a difference in what Jesus has done for you. Whether it's good or bad, he's always with us. Always. Always. Listen, man, when you stick your toes in the ocean, got your honey on the beach, that water's nice. Or you got to stick your feet in flood water. Is he with you or is he not? He's still with us. I mean, that doesn't matter. I mean, it's discouraging, yeah, but it's not going to change my viewpoint of who he is in my life. Because he says... Behold, I will never leave you nor forsake you. David said it like this. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall not fear. Why? For thou art with me. Bible verses. All throughout the Bible, he's never left you. He's never forsaken you. Jesus makes this very clear. When he's talking to John in Revelation 1, he says this. When I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man. And he placed his right hand on me saying, do not be afraid for I'm the first and the last, the alpha and the omega. And I am the living one. I'm not just the one who created the world, but I'm the living one. And watch this. He wants to make this clear. I was dead. I was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have two keys here. One is the keys of death, and the other is the keys of Hades. Your translation may say death. But he has the keys of both and not just one. And why is that? Because Jesus didn't just die so you can get to heaven. Contrary to what people say. Yeah, that's, that's great. That's fantastic. But that's not the only reason that he died. He didn't die just so you can go to heaven. He died, and he was given back two sets of keys. When he was in heaven, he was already the king of all kings and the lord of all lords. When he came to this earth, he took on the element of humanity. He became human, and he died. He became sin for you. So when God resurrected him, he didn't just resurrect him and say, okay, now you're back again, like I'm alive. He resurrected him, and then he gave him his kingly authority again. And he set him up in the heavenly places. And you may not understand this when I'm talking about this, but think about this. He set you with him. 
And so God goes on to say, and Jesus told uh, Peter this. Think about this, what he told Peter, Matthew 16, 18. He says, I also say to you that you're Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And watch this, the gates of what? Hades, or your translation may say hell, but it's the word Hades. And the gates of Hades will not overpower it. And then I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Jesus wasn't just resurrected so you can, I can just go to heaven. He was resurrected, given kingly authority. He turned around and gave it to you and said, listen, I don't really need these keys right now. I've already done all I need to do with them. Here you go. Why don't you do something with these keys now? I'm giving you the keys now. So the problem, though, is this. I think we're more familiar with this key. It says, yes, we're going to heaven. Woohoo! And you see it all the time on TV. I don't get it. I mean, look, I like great movies, but I don't understand how actors and actresses can do some things on the screen and then turn around and say, I want to thank God for giving me this award. I want to look around and say, um, I hate to tell you, but God didn't give you that award. Those Academy people did. Because there's some other guys I've seen that are much better actors, and they probably deserved it. I mean, I'll be honest with you. If I had a vote, I'd have voted for them. Do you understand what I'm saying? But because people just say it, it becomes, well, thank God, well, thank God. But then when it doesn't work out the way we think, well, I guess God's not with me. But Colossians 3, 1 says this, since you have been raised now to new life with Jesus Christ, resurrection, set your sights now on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. This is what we struggle with is the part where he sits. And it's just not him sitting there. He's raised you up to sit there with him. You're not just a person he decided to save. And one day when you get to heaven, you'll make it. But he resurrected you as well. So when we baptize people, you understand why we do it? It's symbolic of buried underneath the water for a second or two. Like you might not come up. You know, sometimes I think we should hold people down for a little bit longer. Like just <gasps> That's what it feels like when you got saved right there, baby. It's like a breath of fresh air. Buried with him in baptism, resurrect. The word raised is not just like, I'm alive. It's resurrected with him in life. It's buried with him in baptism and resurrected with him in life. It's not just when you get to heaven, it's now. And Paul finishes up the prayer. He says it like this in Ephesians 2. He said, you were once dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of power of the air, the spirit that lives in working in the sons of disobedience. And among them too, we all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we by nature were children of wrath, even as the rest of the world. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love, wherewith he loved us. How did he love us? Even when we were dead in our sins, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved. And watch this. And he resurrected us up with him. And that's one key, death. He resurrected us up with him. Second key. And he seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ. What's the second key for Because God didn't just get you out of the grave. He got the grave out of you. And too many times, people, this is what we walk around like. we're, We're glad to get to heaven. We're glad we've been saved. But we walk around still acting like, well, you know, maybe God's not with me. Maybe he is. 
When God has said, listen, I have, re- I have resurrected you not only in death from sin, but I have placed you in a family that you belong in, and I will never leave you. I will, don't you let the spirit of Hades tell you you don't fit or that you don't belong. You are my son. You are my daughter. Be what it is I called you to be. This morning what we're going to do, I'm asking our worship team to come up, and here's what we're going to do. I know it's Easter, and I want you to understand that I do know that. I'm not unaware of this, and I don't want you to hear me. I'm not doing what I'm about to do now because it's Easter, okay? But we're going to have a song of worship and a time of prayer, and I'll ask our prayer team to come up front as well. Here's what we're going to do. During this song, as we sing and worship this song, we're going to have a time of prayer. Maybe you're here, and this is for those of you who are here and you say, man, I've been praying for God to speak to my heart. And again, I'm not doing it because it's Easter. I'm not going to be like showing this, you know, and that kind of thing. That's not what this is for. I'm doing it because I really felt like you know, doing it this way today. But you're here and you say, man, I, I, I need, I get the salvation part, Pastor Jody. I know I'm saved, but man, I feel like there's this, like this side of it here on earth I know I'm going to heaven, but here on earth, I just feel, I'm just looking for that connection with God, Pastor Jody. Sometimes, you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. What's wrong with a connection with God? Sometimes I need a connection with God. I don't know about you, because you do feel like he's not here. But the reality is, he is here, and he's here to meet with you today. So as we sing and worship with this song, if you need prayer for anything, ask our prayer team. You guys come on front. Our prayer team will be down front. If you need prayer, and we're going to pray at the end too, but specifically this is for a connection with God. I don't want you to feel embarrassed. I don't want you to feel like, well, man, people are watching. Forget that. They're going to be worshiping, right? Everybody's going to be worshiping. And so during this time, if you need prayer, you say, man, I need a connection with God. I want you to just make your way out of your seat. Let them pray for you during this song. So let's all stand together right now. An attitude of worship, and please don't leave. Just we're only here for a few more minutes. Please don't leave. I mean, people think we stand up. It's time to go. Like it's not. We're gonna pray and worship God right now. If you need a connection with God, you just step out. Tell one of these individuals, and they'll pray with you right now.